Lund, coast to coast, peanut butter and toast. Probing in the lane, fading away, whoopsie doo, don't mind if I do. In transition, denied by Hoyling. DeCam says, give me that, a pick two for Northwestern. Spot of three on the way, bang for Noah and the Erickson center erupts. Spread the love around, corner, pocket, cash for Lund. Time to separate the contenders from the pretenders. This is the Unlike Any Other, the UMAC podcast. We are halfway through the 2023-2024 conference slate, and the picture is really starting to get clearer for us. And Ryan, I hope you're doing well on this wonderful evening coming off of a jam-packed slate of UMAC basketball. But would you agree we can kind of start to see who are the real contenders versus who are the pretenders this year in the UMAC? Is that a fair assessment? Agreed. We better be able to come up with something as far as the season, the P's go through seven games. It feels like it's been a long time to get here, but it also feels like it's happened real fast. And you think, where has the time gone where we only got seven to go? But yes, the picture, as we like to say, is starting to become clearer. And thankfully, we're no longer watching sports in 480 pixels, Wyatt. We're at least at 720. We may not be at 1080 yet, but we're at least at 720 what? watching things in high definition. What is, I was going to say, 720 kind of like the number for, for HD? Yeah, I think that's like where HD starts. But if you want to get like the top pixelation, that's like 1080. But then in the last few years, you know, we got 4K options where I'm, you know, I'll pull up Fox on YouTube TV and they say, would you like to watch this in 4K or just regular Fox? I'm like, oh, just, mm. if it's 1080, that's, I, I don't know what the 4K difference is going to make. But yeah. Yeah. Interesting. All right. You learn something new every day. There you go. Time to start on the women's side, and then we'll go over the men's side and recap what we saw here this past weekend. It was a full slate, like I mentioned. So, Ryan, let's start Friday night on the women's side. Was there one game in particular that kind of stood out to you, one result in particular, anything you want to highlight uh, specifically from Friday evening on the women's side? Yeah, uh, the final score was not indicative of how many things happened out in Morris. I mean, that's the one that I would highlight with two clubs that have been in the UMAC tournament the last multiple years, played in the UMAC final a few years ago, and uh, Minnesota Morris Cougars, man, they they turned it on in the second half. I think we talked about it last week, Wyatt, but I'll say it again. I don't know what Coach Tim Grove is cooking up in the locker room at halftime, but he's either become like an all-time speaker or his club is just sandbagging it in the opening half. I don't know exactly what's going on, but... Man, oh man, they uh, once more in the second half turned the dial. So you're saying he wasn't an elite speaker before, but now he's maybe maybe approaching that? Maybe he worked on it more this past offseason and he went to some kind of camp where he figured out some more verbiage and, you know, maybe he's just been saying the same thing. We know he's been there for so long and the players are like, yeah, this is falling on deaf ears, coach. Like, we've heard this rah-rah speech before. Maybe he's got their ears more this year. I don't know. Wow. Well, he'll let us know if if he wants to because he knows how to get a hold of us. And if anybody else out there is wondering, you can send us an email to uaothumac at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter or X, however you like to call that these days. Uh, just look up, uh, unlike any other, the UMAC, and you'll find us on there as well. 
I would almost say on the flip side, Ryan, and I know Morris had a great second half. We've seen this with North Central a couple of times this year, whether it was this game or when they played Northwestern, where the second half was just a complete disaster. So is it almost on the Rams in a sense to figure out what's going on and get things corrected coming out of halftimes against elite competition? Yeah, I'd say it's both. Um, You know, you look at the Northwestern game that you and I were at in the Erickson Center and then this one too. Yeah, is it just a matter of, you're playing an elite team and for whatever the reason you can only stay tight for so long and you're sparring as long as you can but then eventually you know your trainer in the corner is telling you you cannot take so many hard right and left hooks like rocky you got to at least make this guy work for it a little bit more and then you can start to work on the counter because they haven't really had a chance in those two games when you look at it against the elite competition like you said to find a way late in the second half to even throw some counters because it's been over by that time so Yeah, I I think it's a little bit of both with them struggling as the game wears along and then also, you know, huge credit to Morris too. It's basically Caitlin Vanderplug against Morris in this one. I mean, she did what she could, 12 of 16 from the field, 24 points, but nobody else in double figures in this one. And then, yeah, the big second half from Morris propels them to the win. Morris is is a C, right, Ryan? I mean, they are for me at least, and we'll get to that maybe more on the weekend, but you would have them as a clear contender at this point, I would assume. Yeah, how can you not after their weekend? Like you said, we'll get to that in a little bit. But after what they did this weekend out in Jim Gremmel's court in Morris, I mean, yes, there's no other way to label it, especially with their defense this weekend. Good for Martin Luther, huh? They get a nice win over Northland, 81-20. to So I think uh, you're happy to see that for your Knights, who are now 2-5 and five in conference play. Anything worth shouting out or mentioning for uh, for yourself? No, I mean, pretty typical what we expected and obviously it's unfortunate what the Northland Lumberjill program is going through right now but not too much of a surprise from what we saw out in New Ulm on Friday night for the Knights and uh, Emma Nelson White doing a little something for your club quick programming note you have a new player on your fantasy squad yeah you were gracious enough but uh, I think you said the wrong one Right. Oh, you because took you I took, took Paulson. Paulson. Yeah, I didn't take my bad. Emma Nelson. Um, was well. Now I got to I mean, you got to tell me what were you thinking? I took Nelson, and then she had a big game. I mean, let the listeners know what. Took no, close. I mean they were pretty close on Friday night. It I was think very I just stuff, right? I just got them mixed up. Which egg on my face? That's on me. But yeah, we got intel that one of your players was going to be not with the team for the rest of the season so uh you got an acquisition and we'll we'll get to it a little bit later Wyatt uh, if you want to talk about her in the the second matchup they had over the weekend but your other free agent pickup also had a real nice weekend so we'll get an update on that later when we get through all these games but anyway you're making big time free agent ads yeah, and again, I don't know if I should feel good about it or not. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity, but in a sense, I, I don't know how I feel about it. So, I mean, I guess I'll take the points and we'll move forward from there. But anyways, big win for Martin Luther. Northwestern, I, I don't know, against Crown 71-56, just steadily kind of won this game, you know, outscored him by five in the first, five in the second, and then, you know, two in the third, three in the fourth. They won every single quarter, just slowly pulled away and you know it's northwestern basketball five players in double figures and ella falk the uh well season high which did get surpassed then by her on her very next game which we'll talk about but how about the freshman stepping up ryan in this one in northwestern going into the whack and kind of just you know cruising to a win in a sense 
Yeah, that's the story for the Eagles this weekend, and we'll get to what they did on Saturday in a little bit, like you mentioned. But this was the start of a breakout weekend for Falk, and super impressive, Wyatt, for a team that we've talked about that is so, so deep for her to earn her way to big-time minutes, and the trust of Coach Call as a freshman is no small thing. And, uh, you know, they did what they're supposed to do, I think, at the WAC. And, uh, you know, Crown is one of the better teams that we've seen in the UMAC with a record that they have right now through seven games and we'll get to where they're at at the end of the weekend here in a second but yeah a- another tough one to swallow for coach Tussler's club at home but not much of a surprise both you and I thought it would be the Eagles we thought it would be pretty convincing and it was yeah the three-point struggles continue for crown that's that's the big thing I mean Maya Morris was 0 for 6 from downtown in this one Mackenzie Latsky just two of seven and you know she's really had her struggles at times as well from deep if they could get those two to shoot well on the same night they might be able to you know do something and that's why they could be dangerous but it just hasn't happened up to this point so that's the issue right now for coach Bridgeport Tussler and the Polars then the game of the night in Superior Ryan the Yellow Jackets hosting the Vikings of Bethany Lutheran what a game it was and what a fourth quarter it was for the Yellow Jackets to get this win and hold serve at home and move to 5 and 1 in conference play. Remember, if they would have lost this game and dropped to 4 and 2, Bethany would have been 4 and 2 as well and they would have had the tiebreaker as well as having the tiebreaker over Northwestern. So there was a lot on the line here for the Vikings, but unfortunately they just could not get it done late. Thoughts on this one just based on what you saw looking at the box score and I don't know if you well, you were actually at a high school game on Friday night. You can talk about yep. that one, too, if you'd like. But um, <laughs> thoughts, thoughts on this one, and then, yeah, maybe let us know how Heritage Christian Academy did on Friday night. Yeah, we, we don't have to talk too much about that. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to. But, yeah, I wasn't as plugged in as I otherwise would be on Friday night. But another team, Wyatt, I mean, where it was a totally different story in the second half. I mean, we give kudos, excuse me to Coach Grove for what he was saying in the locker room. I mean, I want to know what Coach Carpenter was saying to her club when you are at home trying to continue your mojo in UMAC play and you find yourselves down at recess in this ball game by 10 points and saying, what is going on? I mean, you and I saw in person a few weeks ago how good they were in the third quarter to get really a big pushback on Northwestern and then have a huge run that they eventually – you know, we're able to hang on to down the stretch as the Eagles made a late push. I mean, in this game, it wasn't as big of a third quarter, but especially, man, the fourth quarter for Superior, just outstanding in this ball game. And I feel like we continue to see signs, though, as tough as this is, Wyatt, for Bethany, obviously, to lose this game. We see signs that, you know, they are a totally different team than what we've seen in the past, and they are still a C. You know, we're talking about that this evening, but yeah. they are definitely a contender and not a pretender even though they lost this game and won that Coach Perfest Club would like to have, what they have done with a lot of question marks coming into this season has been super, super impressive where they were that close, like you mentioned. I mean, how this would have looked totally different had they hung on. They'd have the tiebreaker against Superior, and we'd be looking at this totally different in the UMAC standings. I mean, having already beat Northwestern this season at home and then nearly beating Superior on the road, They are going to be a force to be reckoned with in the back half, but give a ton of credit to Superior for getting off the mat. And, I mean, Wyatt, is that that a sign of a good team where, you know, you're not maybe doing what you're supposed to in the first half at home, but you can find a way to flip a switch? And, you know, you have no shock that Elise Bessonen is leading the way. She did not leave the floor. She's done it nine times this season, playing all 40 minutes. 
Yeah, so she led the way in that regard. But, Ryan, how about the emergence of Erica Madsen? Now, in their biggest games, this one and then the one against Northwestern, leading the way in scoring. She had 19 in this one, extremely consistent. Getting that kind of production from her just elevates this Yellow Jackets offense even more. So I I think that's the really big storyline from this one was the way she was able to pour in 19 and kind of help her counterparts in the backcourt, if you will, Big win for Superior, one they needed to have at home, and they were able to get it done. And I agree, Bethany is still a very solid team, and what they've been able to do with all the question marks coming into this season, uh, nothing short of remarkable for them, and they are certainly on the right track. On to Saturday, um, we could probably stay with Superior as they took care of Martin Luther, 83-58. to Not a lot to say about this game specifically, but as we talk about contenders and pretenders, Ryan, Superior now 6-1, and one, tied atop the standings. On the women's side, I think there's no question they are a contender. And is it dangerous to say that if they get the opportunity to host this thing, if they win the regular season, they're going to be the team that wins this thing, if that makes sense? Like, can somebody beat them at home in the conference tournament? Or how important is it for a team like Morris, North Central, Northwestern to come from behind here and get the home court advantage in postseason play? Yeah, a lot of great questions there. Um, you know, I don't think they're untouchable. I mean, it's going to be hard to go into the Mertz and win in late February in postseason play, um, but I don't think they're at the stage yet where you would say, okay, a, a Northwestern or a Morris or even a, a North Central or Beth, Bethany, excuse me, from that standpoint, can't go into that building and win. Obviously, Superior is going to like the opportunity of being at home in the conference tournament, and that's something that Coach Carpenter's club is shooting for, and I mean, you could be greedy if you want, but, you know, if you're a Jacket fan, you couldn't ask for anything better to start the first half of the season at 6-1. and one. I mean, if you told that to Coach Carpenter three months ago, she's taking that 10 times out of 10. So, yeah, big shout-out to them for what they've been able to do here in this first half of play, and they've put themselves in a really good spot. But, you know, you still got all the teams in the return meeting. I mean, you got Northwestern in your building, and then I'm trying to think why the Jackets – they had Morris at home, correct? Yeah, because they got to go. Yes, they. they I, do. I'm confirming they got to yes. go to Morris, which that's that's no gimme. And then you got to go to Bethany to close the season. So you got all the teams again, and a few of them um, are road games on the return game, if you will, in this back half of the season. But yeah, I would give them an A for the opening half of UMAC play. If we're going to give them a letter grade for Coach Carpenter and her club, and like you said, just finding a few more pieces outside of Bessonen have been huge this year. They don't beat Bethany. They don't beat Northwestern without who you mentioned a few weeks ago and Erica Madsen. So well done to UWS. Clear contender, clear C, capital letter C for the Yellow Jackets. And I would agree they would have an A if we were giving out letter grades for the first half of the season. Crown hosted North Central on Saturday, and this was a good one through and through. But uh, strong fourth quarter propels North Central almost looked like it was going to happen again, Ryan, where they came out flat in the third. They get outscored 16-9, to and you're wondering, are we just in for another repeat? And are they going to blow this one down the stretch against a pesky crown team? They are able to hang on and get it done. And what are your thoughts about this North Central team at this point of the season? Yeah, impressed by Coach Zablis, Club Wyatt, playing to their strengths. I mean, in this ballgame, it was the big three. That's what they're starting to call them you got to give a shout-out to your your free agent pickup, Kayla Hola, massive game. I mean, probably the game of her career, 20 points, 13 boards. Go ahead. She actually wasn't a free agent pickup. She was drafted 
and then oh, I forgot she yeah, just didn't yeah. play the first couple of games. So correct. Uh, since she's been back, though, that's exactly why I picked her. I mean, she's been tremendous for this team in the double double twenty and thirteen. Like you said, she's a integral part of this this lineup. There's no question. Not just one double double, but Caitlin Ryan, their leading scorer, also mm-hmm. had one eighteen and eleven, and then. KVP with 15 and 7. I mean, you add all that up wide. If those three are going to do that, I mean, you're going to give yourself a really good chance to win. And, you know, they didn't, you know, shoot the lights out and put up 80, 85 plus. So there wasn't a ton of offensive output outside of those three. But, hey, against an undersized crown team, that's exactly what you should be doing if you're North Central. And we talked about it a little earlier this season, Wyatt, where it feels like in some stretches what could be separating them from being really good to great in this league is the offensive lulls that they have where they just look uncertain in the half court. If that starts to become their identity, working through those three, getting high percentage looks at the 10, I think you got to be more confident about Coach Zabla's club moving forward to not just, again, find themselves in the UMAC tournament, but be able to pick up a win, maybe two, and find themselves back on championship weekend. Do you think I'm crazy to say I have them as a P, though, and I think they're a pretender and not a contender? Is that too far? Well, because it's the whole question, Wyatt, of how many teams can we list as the capital C, as you said, of well, contenders. Yes, but at the same time, I watched them against Northwestern, and that's really hard to get out of my head. Like, yeah. I I can't understand how they beat Superior by 11 and handed the Jackets their only conference loss. That one still baffles me. But like you said, there's a little uncertainty at times in the half court. Maybe some question marks about the outside shooting from time to time. I don't know. I just feel like when they go against some of the like bigger, better teams in this conference that are right up there at the top. I don't know if I can trust them. I don't think they're going to be for real come tournament time. I I would have them as a P and maybe that's too harsh, but that's, that's kind of where I'm at with them right now. Nothing necessarily to their fault other than the conference is just really deep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't totally disagree with anything that you just said. And the good thing for them is they have a chance to, to change that opinion and, from you and other people and more cement um, what they're doing. And, you know, we're going to talk about it uh, a little later on, but they got a big one coming up this weekend and they have the chance to change a lot of opinions when they get that team you just mentioned Northwestern, but in their building and them coming off of a loss, how do the Eagles respond? And can the Rams find a way to make that ball game at least competitive because it was not a few weekends ago in the Erickson center. Well, speaking of Northwestern, we'll get to them here momentarily. Bethany took care of Northland 85-37. I'm going to assume you don't really have much to add there unless you want to give a fantasy shout-out or something. I don't know if you do. but um, No, we'll we'll recap fantasy when we're all done with these games. Yep. Yeah, that was was pretty handled right from the get-go for the Vikings. And then you had the Morris-Northwestern game. We both took the Eagles in this one. This was by far the game of the weekend on the women's side. Northwestern was in jeopardy of falling to 500 with a loss. That's exactly what happened, Ryan, with a huge second half, specifically fourth quarter for Morris as they are able to close this one out. 61 to 52. Morris now 6 and 1 right at the top of the standings along with Superior. Like I already said and you would agree they're a clear contender. And we talk about the winners first. We could talk about Northwestern in a moment, but for Morris, Ryan, how impressive of a weekend for the Cougars to get the two wins they did and to do it in the fashion they did. Got to really like the way this team just continues to trend upwards. We've talked about them and how good they are when the calendar flips, but this almost feels different and like another level that we haven't quite seen before with past Cougars teams. 
Yeah, and, and it's at another level, Wyatt, because their defense has been ratcheted up to a whole nother level. Uh, I was able to catch spurts of this game here and there, and especially early. I mean, super slow start for Northwestern before they finally got it in gear, and Morris was ready to play from the jump, but then Northwestern at the end of the first quarter when honestly it felt like, you know, they, they played all right, but it took them a little bit to get going. They were ahead, but throughout the contest – Nothing was easy for the Eagles in the half court, and offensively, they truly never looked comfortable wide. I mean, the length that Morris has now when they're pressing up at the top of the zone, whether they're you know causing turnovers coming up the floor before the Eagles get in the half court, or even when they did get in the half court, I have not seen Northwestern that uncomfortable against any team, not just Morris, but in the half court in a long time. I was watching the second half trying to think, when is the last time that I've seen the Eagles so unsure of themselves in the half court and really kind of guessing where they're going to go and I don't know I you know they they had little stretches of that when you and I watched them against Superior a few weeks ago at the Erickson Center but I almost harken back to what happened last year against Superior last February and I mean for the extended amount of time that they just really had no option but to the deepest they could get it is the free throw line and then they kick it out and they would shoot a three because that's all the Cougar defense was giving to them and now the Eagles missed a number of good looks but give Morris credit I mean that was obviously the game plan not total grade a chances and like excellent excellent looks where it was a deep drive and then a kick and then releasing it but just there was no way to penetrate the zone and why 37 of the 54 shots the Eagles took on Saturday were from deep and now you would have liked to shoot better than they did at 11 of 37 and 30 percent but at the same time I mean coach Cole and his staff first things first are going to look at how they took care of the basketball or how they didn't take care of the basketball I guess you could say that is the number you always look at for Morris, turnover margin, and what they're doing to the opposition when they are playing at their best. Eagles turned it over 15 times alone in the opening half. I mean, I was looking at this opening half box score wide saying, what in the blue blazes, as you would say, is going on? I mean, Eagles yeah. were up by one, 26-25 at recess, but you're thinking, man, they got to take way better care of the basketball. A little better in the second half, but still very untypical for Northwestern to look at it at the end of the game and say they turned it over 25 times. And especially yeah. with how good their defense is, you're saying, what are they able to do the opposition? Morris was plus eight, turned it over 17 times, which isn't great. But, you know, Coach Grove, if you told him going in, he would take that if he says you're plus eight in the take give. And then, I mean, I'm sure you saw it, Wyatt, but, you know, look at the steals category. I mean, 15 steals, like takeaways where hands are on the basketball, hands were in passing lanes left and right for Morris, and a player like Jay Quate, who's been around forever, there's a reason why she's the defending UMAC Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, eight steals for her alone, just nuts. And, you know, Maddie Grove, you know, only is maybe the wrong way to put it, but only has three in comparison to her, Wyatt. But she has been so huge for this program, not just offensively, but her at the top of this zone with Jay Quate and their wingspan and ability, again, to get hands in passing lanes, I mean... It's something I have not seen in a long, long time against the Northwestern offense where those two specifically were creating havoc all afternoon long, and then there are other players that followed from there as well. But the experience that they have this season, leading the younger players as well, like uh, Maddie Grove and Claire Stark as well, who are stepping up big time, scoring the ball offensively, it's a really good recipe for Morris and Coach Grove talking after the game and the interviews they do on the Cougar Sports Network, which are awesome. I really enjoy those. He just couldn't stop saying, I mean, he was giddy. He's like, I just really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he, uh, very, very big win for 
Morris to be able to handle Northwestern the way they did and to do it down the stretch. I mean, like you said, Maddie Grove getting her hands into a passing lane from time to time, which was great to see. You got Jay Quate with 9.8 steals. I think it's safe to say she wrapped up her conference defensive player of the year once again. And then, of course, uh, you've you've just got a really solid all-around effort for Morris. You can't say the same for Northwestern in this one. It was almost like they had Ella Falk go for 19. Lexi Hagen did enough with her 12. But then after that, they were just looking for other options and for other people to step up. And they just didn't get it. They just couldn't hit enough three balls. I mean, attempting 37 threes out of your 54 shots is insanity to begin with. So Morris did a really good job of keeping it on the perimeter. And then, yeah, the 25 turnovers, those are really the two things that stick out. I did not imagine we'd see Northwestern at 3-3 three and three at this point of the season. But here we are. And, uh, of course, you know, for Morris to be 6-1, and one, they're sitting in a good spot moving forward so there you go that is kind of a look at the women's side as far as the recap goes of the games so in closing on the women's side ryan when you look at the standing superior six and one morris six and one bethany four and three north central and northwestern you got north central at four and two northwestern three and three but they have that extra game still against northland because they got canceled a weekend or two ago and then you've got martin luther two and five crown one and six in northland winless at 0-5. I think it's safe to say those bottom three, Martin Luther, Crown Northland, aren't really in the contention at this point. And then, like I said, I'm not even sure if I can consider North Central a contender. I would say the same about Bethany. I I think Morris and Superior are clear contenders. They get the C for me. And then because Northwestern won it all last year, and this will probably make people upset, I would say Northwestern's probably a contender still too. I would say it's those three. How many would you have? And do you think I'm a little crazy for the way I did this? No, I don't think you're crazy. Um, you got to have at least four, if not five. If if I got to have four, then the fourth one would probably be North Central, and then obviously Bethany would be the fifth after that. Because I think the bottom three okay. are pretty clear cut at this point. So you would okay. So you got three for sure in Morris Superior Northwestern. And then you think that North Central and Bethany are on their own tier below those three, if I'm hearing you correctly? If I had to do this, I would say Tier 1 right now is Morris Superior. In between Tier 1 and Tier 2 is Northwestern. They're half and half. And then Tier 2 is North Central and Bethany. Is that fair? Okay. Yeah. No, I like that. That's fair. And and I'm assuming, so let's say you take those same five. What do you have it as? Well, it's always interesting how we view this when we say contenders or pretenders. Are we talking about contenders to win the whole thing, or are we talking about contenders to get into the tournament and then maybe pick up a win? Well, I think I'm, we're looking at it like who can win the thing, right? I mean, more or less, that's the way I kind of do it, is is okay. who can win it. If you want to take the approach of if you know they can win a game, that's fine too. Yeah, I, w- I would say I would stick with those those three then, Morris, Superior, Northwestern. And again, like you said, people may not like that, but I, I see them – being able to win two really hard games, you know, a semifinal and a final, if they get to that point, again, it's not guaranteed for any of them, especially a team like Northwestern. I mean, a lot more likely for Superior and Morris with their, they've put themselves in this opening half of the season with seven to go. But should they get in, I like their chances to go win two a little more than Bethany and North Central, I would agree. So if I'm looking at it purely as contenders to win the whole thing, I think there's a separation, and I would leave it at Superior, Morris, and Northwestern, and then below them, 
I agree. Bethany and North Central. Well, we haven't even gotten to the February frenzy, so a lot can change. A, a yeah. Lot, a lot probably We can do this change. exercise again. Yep. But but as of right now, I, I would think we're we're probably in our right mind to to have the opinion that we do based on what we've seen. I don't think we're saying anything too outlandish, I guess. So, all right, on to the men's side. From this past weekend here, as we continue to recap, it was a full slate, just like it was on the women's side, starting on Friday night, Ryan. Anything in particular that you want to highlight or start with or just make note of? I mean, not a lot of compelling results, really. So, I mean, not any games that really stood out, in my opinion. Well, there was the headliner. I mean, do you want to jump to that one last or do you want to just get to that one now? I mean, I know it didn't end up being close, but we, you know, it's a rematch of the final from last year. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about it if you want. It was even in the same gym that the championship game was in a year ago. And, I mean, did we expect Bethany to hold superior well, to 13 points? No. It was in superior, actually, though. It wasn't oh, it was. in Mankato. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't superior. You're right. I don't know why I looked at that backwards. That's, that's even totally making it more me. bizarre that they yeah, scored 13 no. in the first half. I can't even imagine how perplexed Coach Polkowski <laughs> must have been when he went into the locker room. Because you're thinking, in, uh, on one hand, you just held Bethany to 32. I mean, it's not going to get much better than that. But then you only put up 13? Oh, that's that's got to be tough. I'm sure that's one they're going to be thinking about for a while and I'm starting to see it more and more as a growing concern. And I know we watched them in person, Ryan, but does superior truly have enough offense and can they do enough on that end of the floor to win a conference title? I think it's the same question we've always had about them in the past. Yeah. And it feels like earlier this season, we thought those questions were answered. I mean, especially what they're doing in the non-con and your guy, Javon Walker and what we saw into last year that continued into the start of this season, that's why it's so head-scratching, Wyatt. I mean, you got to give Bethany credit. Like, they've been great defensively in those last two. You look at Crown last Saturday on the road and then Superior here. I mean, they're on that level of good above everybody else right now, not because they're just outscoring everyone and, you know, playing unbelievable offense and their defense is just middle of the pack. No, I mean, their defense is, is really, really good. But, yeah, there's there's no way around it. I mean, 13 is unacceptable at home in a game like that, and Superior would tell you the same thing. Um, can't happen in a big spot like that, and then that's just going to be way too much to overcome against a team like Bethany. And yeah, it's tough. Um, you know, we could we could look at a lot of things in this box score and say that can't happen, that can't happen. My guy Joseph Fahrenholtz one to twelve and picking up, you know, only four points in in nineteen minutes. I mean, this all gets you know way out of proportion because later on in the second half when they're down by a zillion, Wyatt, they're just pulling guys, and you know they're not going to play their big guns when they know there's another game the next day and there's no need to keep them out there for the whole ball game but yeah this was I, I would say shocking I mean it's not shocking that Bethany won but the matter that they won in is just I mean it's kind of hard to believe and you know you should give a shout out to your guy Hunter Nielsen though I mean he had a big weekend for a number of reasons but it started Friday night at the Mertz yeah, 15 points, 16 boards, five blocks. Uh, Ryan, he not only became Bethany's all-time leading scorer, but to me, he has solidified himself at the top of the list for UMAC Player of the Year right now. I know we gave Paul Dack a lot of praise, but when you do a deep dive into the numbers right now and what Hunter Nielsen has done, remarkable. He He's top six in scoring. He's number two in rebounding. He's leading the league in blocks. He's the leader in field goal percentage. Like he, he has got this thing as long as he just continues to play anywhere close 
to where he's played at this year. So, I mean, hats off to him and, and the kind of season he's had. And maybe what's even more impressive is he's doing it averaging just 27 minutes a game, which is pretty remarkable, too. So it starts and ends with him. Mason Ackley's another guy, just kind of do it all. He doesn't necessarily light up the stat sheet in this one. But, again, his presence on the court, I think, is just tremendous for Bethany and, and something that a, a lot of other teams can't say they have. And, yeah, just the balance from – the Vikings in this one they they showed they're they're the real deal they're an obvious C and I think they are the clear favorites to go back to back and make the NCAA tournament again it's going to be really really tough to beat this Bethany team agreed and just real quick on Hunter White I mean how refreshing would that be I don't know the last time in the UMAC we have had a true number five like actual center there's no question every time he's on the floor that's the position he's playing for bethany a true number five win conference player of the year i mean you know i'm always talking about let's throw it back let's let the big men eat let's swallow the whistle let's have some real battles on the block i mean for a team that has all the studs and stars that they do there's been no one more consistent like you said so yeah yeah, it's going to be something interesting to follow but i i would have to dig into the history book if he does end up winning it i mean i'd be saying for the first time in it's a lot of years that we've had a guy like him win player of the year would be would be something like a post almost you're saying yeah, that's what i'm saying yeah yeah not inside exactly not you know you look at like it came in last year for northwestern or two years ago and noah alm where it's like yeah they, they played the four sometimes or they played the five in a small lineup but you know not they were the a scoring forward or scoring guard off the dribble that's yeah. that's not what nielsen is i mean he does everything that he does at a high high level at the rim yeah, you're absolutely right. And if that does happen and he wins it, Ryan, does that mean because Kay Carroll didn't win it a couple years ago last year, he didn't, you know, with the injuries and stuff, he has not won it, to my knowledge, up to this point because Noah Alm had it the one year. And now let's say Nielsen wins it this year. Is Cade Carroll certainly on a short list of names to be like the best player to play in the UMAC to never win player of the year, if that makes sense? He would be in the conversation. That's a good point, Wyatt. And the good news for Polar fans listening, and I know Cade listens to the pod quite a bit, it ain't over. We're we're just no. saying where we're well, at right now. We're at the he, halfway mark. He would tell you he doesn't care about that as much as he does just you know winning well, the conference but when, title. When you, sure. when you look back 10 years later, well, 20 Ryan, years later, <laughs> 30 years later with the grandkids, I get something it. pretty cool to say. Yeah, I get it, but he's he'd be more than happy. If you had to ask him, he can only have one. He's going to take the, the conference title for sure. So oh, yeah. that's that's where Crown's mine is. Speaking of them, by the way, how impressive were they against a reeling Northwestern team on Friday night? They packed the whack, Ryan, and they showed out. They showed out in a big way. Yeah, I they they straight up, I mean, you know, whatever adjective you want to use. We talked about a lot of them after what happened to Northwestern in the Erickson Center earlier on in the month against North Central. I mean, bullied um dominated embarrassed you can use any of the words i mean the game was never in doubt whatsoever and we talked about coming in is this going to be the game where they break through from deep the answer was yes wide especially in the opening half i mean great great shooting where they're at six of 11 going to recess they finished the night 11 to 25 44 percent from deep you mentioned that guy kid carroll just a cool 19-7, and seven, didn't even have to play 30 minutes, super efficient, 8-13 from the field. JVD, also great from downtown at 3-8, of eight, and, you know, anything you could ask for, and then some for the pollers. And, you know, Northwestern even got back Jay Nyamari White. That was a question yeah. for us coming in. He comes back. He played off the bench in this game Friday night, but even with him back, I mean, the Eagles just did not have close to enough answers in this ball game. 
where, you know, you look again at the end of the night and it's tight on the glass and they took pretty good care of the ball. You don't even turn it over double digits just nine times, but just could not, you know, find a way at all to stop Crown. Just way too many options. And, you know, is this just going to be another result added to the tally for Northwestern where we say, yeah, they just did not have it. But, you know, all, you know, total finger snaps i was thinking of the term that you always use i was going to say golf mm-hmm. clap but finger snaps and then some to crown in a game like this coming off of a tough loss against bethany wyatt they said new weekend we had another pack crowd coach herbert got his club refocused and ready and they were ready to go from the jump and this thing was never in question and to do it against a team that's been so good we know in this conference as everyone knows for the last decade plus i mean anytime you do that to northwestern big tip of the cap that was impressive yeah, I mean, it started and ended with Cade Carroll. We said, how is Northwestern going to defend him? And they just couldn't do it. I mean, you mentioned just a cool 19. He had like 15 of that in the first half, though. And Buckner was a huge presence in this game as well. They're tough. Crown is very tough. There's no question they're a contender. And like I said, just kind of a reeling Northwestern team. It was the Baney Bowl. And, you know, Carter only made a couple of shots in this one, Ryan. But I don't know if you know this or not. He made both of them on his younger brother. I did not know that. He even did a turnaround in the lane and went over the top of him, and then he gave him the too small sign, too, going back the other way, and the place erupted. So I know you had some sources and reporters in the stands that helped you out, so shout out to them if they're listening to this. Carter was uh, taking full advantage of the opportunity to, you know, clown his little bro, let's just say. I was going to say, hey, uh, as an older bro, he should be doing that. I mean, that's kind of what it is. Well, and hey, I'll just say this. They may get a chance to have the roles reversed here, though. He's got to be careful. They still play one more time this year, Ryan. Last game of the regular season out in Roseville. It could be for a lot. So Parker could get the last laugh still. I don't know. We'll see. But anyways, he was feeling himself, having a good time. Crown was having a good time. They're a clear contender. There's no question about that. Uh, the other two games from Friday night on the men's side, uh, I don't know. I mean, I thought Northland was going to pick up win number one now that they didn't, and they dropped this game to Martin Luther 78-65. to Getting very nervous, Ryan. I'm not so sure a win is going to be out there in the conference season. I mean, do you think they still get a win? Do you think they don't at this point? I don't know. Uh, it's tough to say. I mean, they still got one more against Martin Luther, not to pick on the Knights. It's got to be you know, that game. <laughs> credit to them because they just beat them. So Knights fans are listening and saying, whoa, 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 why are you saying just because they have another one they're going to win that game? Because, you know, you look moving ahead, they'll have um, Martin Luther to come the last game of the season out in New Ulm. So could it be that for Coach Schreiner White in his first year, will they will be O and it looks like they'd be 0-24 going into the last game at Martin Luther. I mean, they obviously hope that's not the case. But, hey, I mean, it's not going to be easy in any of these matchups to get a win. So to answer your question, they could go 0-4. And, and shout-out to my Knights. You didn't believe in them. You said, oh, this, this is the perfect one that Northland's been waiting for to get Martin Luther at home. And, man, they, they started hot, and they were ready to roll wide. 14-point cushion going into recess. Shout-out to MLC, you know. It's not necessarily what they're putting up on the whiteboard at the start of the year. This is where we want to be at. But to have two wins through your first seven, well done. I mean, especially from what they experienced throughout last season. I mean, to have two halfway home, I think you'll take that if you're Coach Holtzeder in his club. Well, and the fact that you did it against Northwestern to open – the conference season and the place, you know, you're storming the court. By the way, be careful with court storming. We saw what happened to Caitlin Clark. I just hope she's okay. Um, 
You got to be careful I don't know. with it, that it, stuff, Ryan. Is she going to be, be out for a few games, Wyatt? I mean, I, I don't know. Is it serious enough? I think she maybe chipped tooth or something, it sounds like, because <laughs> she flailed back. Hey. But Hey, we both appreciate the greatness of Caitlin Clark, but that was a I whole do. another thing that happened over the weekend, and I'll just leave it at that. That was uh, that was bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> got to watch out for those core stormings, though. So the Knights fans, be considerate if it happens again. But, yeah, hey, honestly, as much as I want to talk about Northland and, you know, are they going to get that win or not, Big shout-out to the Knights. They played well, and they deserve this win. To have two at the halfway mark, absolutely. That That is a huge win for Coach Holtzeder and that squad to be where they are and the way they've positioned themselves. So hats off to them. They have been enjoying the ride, I'm sure, playing good basketball at times this year, and you do love to see that. Morrison North Central. That's the last one from Friday night. This was kind of the toss-up game, and I went with Morris in this one, Ryan, and the Rams made me pay for it. Coach Becker's squad playing some good basketball it's not always the flashiest but they find a way to get the job done this is a tough squad they are i mean that's a good way to put it a tough gritty squad Wyatt. i mean not to you know deem them like they're the detroit lions but you know if you want to compare them to that you can i mean what a weekend we'll get to what they did um on saturday out in st bonifacius in a little bit but two tough road games that both i mean we talked about it last week both kind of felt like coin flip ball games um you got a guy like Tashawn simpson in that spot to have a double double huge tanner holtman one board shy of a double double is a leader on that team and you know they're doing enough to to win on the road again you know you look at similarities between this game and what they did at northwest and this one a lot closer so give morris credit for that but just unfazed from the jump and a team that you know we've talked about it coming into the season had a lot of question marks there are a lot less question marks right now I guess we'll just put it that way Wyatt but what coach Becker has done with this club and again we'll get to more of you know what they did on Saturday out at crown excuse me but I I can't say enough with what he's done with this group that I had a ton of questions coming into the season they just continue to prove us wrong time and time again Tanner Holtman leading the way like I mentioned he had four triples in the first Nine minutes of the second half, he was ready to go out of the locker room, and they built a pretty big lead. And then, you know, Morris made a push late and made it, you know, a little closer at an eight-point deficit. But just about as as impressive as anything that we're seeing on the men's side this year, Wyatt. I mean, I know we've talked about Bethany at the top, and there's so many different storylines and what we're seeing from Crown back rounding into form. But what North Central has done in this first half of the season, I mean, is right up there with everything else we've seen on the men's side as far as, okay, that deserves a serious tip of the cap. Very impressed with what they've done through their first seven. No question. No question. Hats off to Coach Becker and the Rams. And my guy who I was able to pick up, you allowed me to take Tanner Holman. Remember who they've lost. Remember Cam Thompson not being in this lineup anymore. Since then, Ryan, this team has yeah. been on a different level. They have come together and have been playing really, really good basketball. So hats off to North Central. And then, yeah, you allowed me to pick up Tanner Holman. He's been playing really well. Was one rebound away from a double-double. Jashan Simpson gets a double-double in this one. And it just felt like this was a game Morris needed, right? And they don't get it. So where do you turn from here if you're the Cougars? This will be one that potentially haunts them moving forward. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would. And we'll get to it more with the result that they had on Saturday. But... (laughs) It's tough. I, I, you know, hearing more over the weekend what Kenny Placide's going through, he's just a non-factor, Wyatt. He's just, there's no other way to put it. He's not even really doing much of anything you can count on for the team. And you had a guy like Kuyaba who started so good, 4-4 from from deep. I think he started off in this one and then finished 
at four of six, or actually I know on Saturday he made his first four. But anyway, he was really good again, and Paul Dack was as well because we mentioned the explosion they had earlier against Martin Luther. But then as far as this weekend goes again, you're just, I mean, it's a searchlight trying to look around and figure out who else you have. And it is such a blow to Coach Grove's team when you don't have big ticket 2-1 KP as a next to a factor at all and he's not at 100 percent right now Gus Gunderson's gone through some things as well and this is all straight from Coach Grove and what he said at the end of the weekend on the Cougar Sports Network but he's just got guys out there who are battling through it and aren't close to 100 percent and it's tough to see but they just don't have enough depth white and you got a North Central team on the other side who's got a lot of hungry guys and guys who are playing well and they just have more options than Morris and sometimes the game of basketball is as simple as that so yeah, I uh, well, speaking of Morris, let's talk about their game on Saturday as well. So they, they drop that one, and then they go and they get an opportunity to bounce back against a Northwestern team, Ryan, that was 1-5 in five entering this game. And yep. again, they just could not get it done. It feels like this was a turning point at the midway point here for Morris, and, and it's going to be a lot to overcome. They could still do it, but now sitting 3-4 and four after dropping this one 81-70, it's going to be really tough for the Cougars to find their way into the playoffs. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, Northwestern, you know, playing around with some things as far as their lineup goes. Then they insert J-Peth Nyamari into the starting lineup on Saturday, and that obviously made a huge difference for them. But again, you look at Morris. I mean, Dak still finds a way to score 22 when he doesn't make mm-hmm. a triple. He's bringing the scoring every night. And then there's Kuyava. You know, Gunderson plays better in limited minutes, but just not enough around the horn for a team that has potential. But it just wasn't there in this ball game. And the Eagles got back to what they're doing on the glass Plus 11, huge for them. Again, took great care of the basketball. Didn't shoot the lights out, but 39% from deep. Again, I mean, you can't understate how big Nyamari is. And then Kelton Vincent, I mean, shout out to him. I mean, I don't know if they win that game without what he did off the bench for Northwestern. 15, 6, and 4 in just 25 minutes of play. So they rode him pretty good, actually, I should say, off the bench. But, yeah, to give yeah. any semblance of hope for Northwestern moving forward, they needed that game, and they got it, and they move forward. And Morris is left looking and saying, is Wyatt Morrell going to give us a C? Because uh, maybe earlier in the season we were there, but right now we don't know if this Wyatt guy well, in the pot is going to give us a C. Both these teams are, are P's at the moment still, Ryan. Morrison and Northwestern. As, as good of a win as this was for Northwestern and a good bounce back for him, I there's still so much work to do and inconsistencies and uh, you mentioned Paul Dack in this game. He goes for 22. That's still a problem for Northwestern is stopping elite scoring, it seems like. And I just wonder if they have enough defensively against the big guns to limit them and, you know, keep games a little bit lower scoring. I feel like that's what it has to do. This isn't the Northwestern team of old that can really light it up and fill it in when they need to. They scored 81 in this game, but we've seen them at times this year where the offense has been stagnant. They can't knock down shots. They got to kind of adapt to that and adjust and play games that are lower scoring and grind out wins. And what an opportunity they'll have this upcoming weekend to do just that as they kickstart the back half. But yeah, I just, there's still a lot of question marks. Good win for Northwestern. Don't get me wrong, but I still have a lot of questions about them. I agree. Does this say more? Yeah. Just about that status on this side of the result where, you know, both teams are, we got a lot of question marks. I totally agree. They're nowhere near a, a C as far as no, winning a championship maybe a c for getting in the umac postseason yeah possibility i mean the percentage fpi numbers for northwestern are still not good i mean morris you know still has a chance obviously as well 
looking to the rest of the season, they like where they're at better at three and four and just knocking on the door of that number four spot with superior above them. But yeah, questions for both these teams for sure. Well, and, and if I just, you know, put it this way, Bethany is the standard kind of on the men's side. So if you want to get a C and be a contender, you better be close to the level of ball they're playing. And right now, not a lot of teams are, if any. So I, I certainly Yeah, can't. Crown is, we know, from what happened last weekend. Yes. I mean, they're right there at the nose. But yep. yep, but I can't justify Northwestern or Morris being in my C list right now. Just, I mean, right now, I would say the tier, there, there's no one even near Crown. You could say Bethany's on their own. They're on their own, yeah. And if you want to do the between one and two tier thing, you could say crown is there and then there's tier two and three and so on after that because no one has proved to be able to really challenge bethany i mean i say that morris was close morris people are probably listening and saying hey we were right there as much as you guys are knocking us they almost beat bethany um a couple fridays ago in morris but i would still say they are not even on the level as crown is you know just with the ability that they have to actually go up against a a bethany and in the postseason and win with the offensive firepower they have so yeah, no question about it. Well, and why don't we get to the season peas in a moment? So the other games from Saturday, I mean, Bethany hammers Northland Superior, does their thing against Martin Luther and bounce back for a win. So those are the games out in Wisconsin. Anything you want to say before we get to the game of the day? Or, or can nope. we just hop into that one? Games that both those teams needed. I mean, Superior needed a big bounce back. They got it. No shocker there. And then, you know. As much as you wanted your Jacks to pick up a win on the weekend, I don't think you thought it was going to happen after uh, no. they lost on Friday. So, Yeah, no, nobody expects you to bounce back. Although they beat Bethany a few years ago, so I mean, hey. <laughs> it, it's always possible. It's That's always why they play plausible. the games. It's why yeah. they play the games. Absolutely. But, yeah, the game of the day took place at the WAC where North Central overcomes a halftime deficit to storm back. Get it? They're not the storm anymore. They're the polars, but they go into the again. Whack. Again, I would give you the rim shot again on this recording, but I, I don't have it near me. So, but well it's okay. done. It's okay. And they get the win right. A little bit of an upset, I would say. I mean, I expected Crown to take care of business. You expected Crown to take care of business, but it just goes back to talking about the grit from North Central and just finding ways to win games, and that's absolutely what they did here. How about? The McNeils coming off the bench, combining for 24, six guys in double figures. Like, what an all-around effort for North Central to take down a team in Crown that had been rolling. Yeah, I mean, Crown's up 12, Wyatt, with 12 to go in their own building. And you're saying, man, it's just too tough to shut down this polar offense. I mean, North Central has their moments, but they got to do more defensively to win a game like this. And for them to not put their heads down, to never quit. And Tanner Holtman, again, was the guy, captain on this team, wide to say, I'm going to flip the switch and I'm going to do what I need to in the second half to give us a little jump. He scored eight points in just a minute to, bam, cut the deficit to two points. They're right in the ballgame down the stretch, and they say, all right, we like our chances to figure out to win this, figure out a way, excuse me, to win this game in the final five. And... Yeah, I mean, this one was tight down to the wire, a fantastic game, and, and Crown had a couple chances late, but just could not find a way to win this ball game. It's a huge front end of a one-and-one at the free throw line. Um, you know, they had a chance to tie the game at the line, couldn't do it, and then, you know, North Central is fouled, and they find a way to win this ball game by three as Crown misses a three-ball attempt at the buzzer. So, you know, it went from North Central being in a good spot to all of a sudden Crown had an opportunity and they couldn't close on it late, but they're going to look back wide. They didn't want to be in that spot in the last minute. I mean, when you're up 12 with 12 to go in your own building, the game is far from over. But Coach Herbert, 
his whole staff and all those players would tell you, we cannot let North Central have a chance in the final five minutes of that game. We got to have a finisher mentality. They didn't. And I mean, is this, you know, we'd have to look back to last year, I know, and they've had some really good weekends. But as far as two wins go, where it's been very much in doubt in the second half and you've had serious pushback from your club, why is this the most impressive weekend in Coach Becker's tenure at North Central? I would have to say yes. And again, I mean, you'd have to look back to know for sure, but it's hard to imagine a better weekend for the North Central men's basketball program. They came in and to get one win would have been great, but let alone to walk away with two on the road. Wow, what a position they've put themselves in, sitting at five and two. Extremely, extremely impressed with them. They're, they're again, they're not, nothing flashy, but they do enough to win games. And, and you just, you got to love that about a team and a coaching staff that just finds a way to tough it out. Big, big, big time win for North Central. And doing it on the road shows it doesn't matter where they get seated. Let's say if they are one of the four teams selected, they just want to be in. And they just want that opportunity to go head to head against somebody. They don't care who it is that they're lined up against. They're just going to play hard physical basketball for 40 minutes. They're going to come together as a group and they're going to give it their best shot. And that's scary for any team that potentially might have to get matched up against them in postseason play. You remember two years ago, they met in that UMAC semi at the WAC. That was a spine tingler mm-hmm. that Crown barely hung on in. Look at, the standings. Look at the standings right now, Wyatt, who would play yeah. in the semis. They've had so many good games. Think about the game winner. Remember that one? And, JVD, uh, the Kawhi yeah. Leonard shot. Yeah, just uh, yeah, just some really good games. This one is added to the list with this 84-81 final. All right, contenders, pretenders very quickly here before we wrap. Bethany's a clear contender at 7-0. and You've got Crown North Central, both 5-2, and Superior 4-3, and Morris 3-4, and Northwestern, and Martin Luther 2-5. and And then you got Northland at 0-7. I think it's safe to say right now, if you made me have four again, I would probably just take the four in the standings right now. Bethany, Crown, North Central, Superior. But to be honest, I feel like Bethany's in Tier 1, like you said. Maybe Crown is in between Tier 1 and Tier 2. But I'd almost lean to Crown being in their own tier as well. And then you've kind of got the rest in North Central, Superior, Morris. Like, I don't feel good about any of those teams. And it's weird calling them a C because of how good Bethany is. Yeah. And even even Crown kind of separating themselves. And then, you know, of course, North Central is going to say, we just beat them. But still, I mean, Crown has been proven to be a very, very good basketball team. I just I have a tough time labeling those team C's. You get what I'm saying? I mean, this is tough for yep. me on the men's side. If we're talking about hoisting the hardware, it's Bethany, and that's it. And any given game, something can happen. And again, folks, there's a reason why we'll circle back to this. We're doing it with where we are at right now. Bethany could drop two games in their final seven, and they could still win the one, but it could look a little more dicey. But when we're looking at this to win the championship, and especially if you consider who's going to go into Mankato in the North gym and beat them, I mean, you and I are saying right now why, you know, if we had the classic question, are you taking Bethany or the field halfway through the conference season? I think we're both answering with we're taking Bethany. Yes. Well, I know I am. So, I mean, if you are, then yes. (laughs) But, you know, that's not to say, you know, a team like Crown couldn't get them or North Central too. I mean, that, that that would be probably the most interesting question is what we're saying where we really like what Crown did against Bethany, something that, you know, is really hard to do to almost beat them. And then we're trying to say that they're above North Central. And NCU people are saying, wait, wait, wait. Did you not just see what we did? Not just on a neutral floor, not just 
in downtown U, but at the WAC against Crown on Saturday, why aren't we on the same level as Crown? So that that would be the biggest discussion is, you know, comparing North Central and Crown. And I would not complain at all if, you know, we look at the standings now wide and it does end up moving in that direction where we get Crown and North Central in another semifinal. I mean, sign me up for that. That would be quite the matchup to try to get to a final to potentially, you know, try to knock off a team like Bethany Lutheran. But yeah, Coach Garvin's club in a class of their own right now. Again, subject to change, but where we sit, seven games in, they stand alone. Yeah, no question about it. They have kind of separated themselves. They're they're on another level, if you will, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the back half. If if I had to ask, well, so do you think they drop a game in the regular season at this point, or do you think they run the yes. table? I think it's so hard to run the table. I think they do at some point. I mean, you look in the second half, you know, you, you've already won ball games at Superior and at Crown. So that's a really good start. You got to see them both in the second half, but they're coming to your building. You still, you know, Morris too. Add Morris to that. I mean, they've won on the road against all three of those teams. You still got to go to North Central. You still got to go to Northwestern, which that's a whole nother, you know, conversation for another day, potentially where you say, well, I mean, Northwestern's not even within two tiers or two steps, excuse me, of Bethany, and I would agree with you right now. But things can change in a few weekends potentially where that could be a lot more interesting. I still think they would drop it somewhere, but if you're a Bethany fan, why you sure like that you've already got those three wins on the road against yeah. Superior, Crown, and Morris. I mean, there is definitely a possibility that they run the table, and then it would be the question that I've asked you about your Zags in so many years past where they've been high on themselves, top Oof. 10 team, maybe even top five going back a few years where I tell you, why it wouldn't be the worst thing if they dropped one against, you know, the Dons of San Francisco or, you Good know, team. your beloved Gales of St. Mary's. Like, you know, you don't want to drop one when it really, really matters, you know, before you get to March and in this case in the UMAC before you get to that last week of February. So not that we're going to play that whole game where, you know, Bethany is saying, we, we haven't even peaked yet, guys. We know the art of peaking. We're not at the top of the mountain yet. We are slowly trugging our way up the mountain, but we're not at total altitude yet. We're staying hydrated, and we're going to peak in the perfect time because you know Bethany's saying why they have another gear to hit. They're saying it. Do you believe it? Do you believe that Bethany somehow, some way, when we get to later on next month, can reach another gear? Well, because maybe we haven't seen the best yet out of a guy like Drew Sagadol. He's only... You know, a few games in, off of injury, when he gets more acclimated, does his shot become better? Or at this point, are we not going to see much better from Bethany? Because what we have seen is already real good. Yeah, I was just going to say, I don't know how they could get much better because of how good they've been. Like, I also don't think it's a problem, though. Like, if they just play the way they have, I I don't think anybody's going to beat them. So if they can just keep that level, they'll be fine. But if there is another, uh, you know, mountain to climb, if you will, or another gear that they have... Well, I pity the rest of the conference because they're already tough enough to beat the way they are right now. So anything in closing before we put a wrap on this? Yeah, do you want to just quick rip through fantasy? I mean, I know you want to give some guys some shout-outs, Wyatt. You got four of the top five scorers in fantasy period if you want to go on the men's or the women's side, whatever it is. But you, you had quite the weekend, sir, if you don't mind so saying yourself. So it's still tough on the women's side because you have those games to make up for Northwestern and I'm already losing in that one still. But I have pulled a little bit closer in that one. Again, Hoyla has been huge since she's been able to start playing games, so that's been great to see. And then, yeah, I mean, Maddie Grove is doing her thing scoring. I mean, you know what you get from Elise Bessonen. 
just uh, very, very pleased all around. Caitlin Vanderplug had a very good weekend, so in a very good spot. And Lauren Paulson, who I picked up as well, was in double digits both games this week to make that a little interesting. On the men's side, it's it's interesting because I pulled ahead. It's very tight. I'm up by eight. I got 1,056 points. You got 1,048 and a big reason why is because you allowed me to take Tanner Holman. He he had a good game, and then Nielsen's been huge, obviously. But, yeah, my guys were, were in the orange and the blue as I look at this color coding that Mr. Matthew Bauman has going on. You only had one of those on Saturday in Jay Nayamari and then just one on Friday in Cade Carroll. So a huge weekend for me. Shout out to all those guys and gals for everything they did, and I guess there's a little bit of new life for me on the fantasy side of things. I'm a little nervous. I got to be honest. What I mean, I, I don't know if if KP, my guy, can turn it around at some point, but it's not looking good. It's not been a traditional last few weeks for Fambola. He's got to kick it into another gear. Either him or Hoyleen's got to step it up to a new gear, and then Nymari's got to stay healthy the rest of the way. That's going to be huge. And then I'm going to need a few big ones. Jax, Cade, Ackley. Like you guys got to step up a few times. Joseph. I mean, 16 points total in two games over this past weekend. He knows that's not going to cut it, and I, I expect him to be better. And I'm not too worried about it. And this can be tight, though. I mean, eight point difference halfway home. I don't. I don't think we could have drawn it up much better than that. But yes, you you have been good on the waiver wire. I mean, your your pickups on both sides have been savvy, and uh, you've been taking advantage. So well done. I appreciate that and thank you for giving me that opportunity well it's more interesting otherwise you know it i'd just be like i'd feel bad because when we get intel that a guy's probably done for the rest of the season and we're That's only tough. uh you know a handful of games in like I, I would be pretty brutal to just say well Wyatt, tough luck you should have known that the guy's gonna have a really bad injury no we don't we don't know that's gonna happen but from now on out Here's the deal. Well, I'm not giving you any locked. more. Yeah. If we now get any more intel or a guy gets an injury and he's done, it's locked. Sorry. You're not getting any more I, pickups. I agree with that. And I tell you what, you probably deserve one if something were to happen as well, just even though we're this late into the season because of how gracious you've been to me. So, I mean, God but, but forbid, everyone's we're not healthy. Hoping. Yes. Everyone's not, healthy right now. So, it, or somewhat healthy. Yeah. But if it were to happen for some reason, I just want you to know that offer is out there. So, we're speaking it into existence that no one is going to get hurt the rest of the year. We're, we're going sure to do all so. we can to make sure that happens, which we have zero control over this. But we, well, we, we hope. can pray. Fingers that's, crossed. That's about it. <laughs> I mean, we, we don't yeah. know anything in athletic training and, you know, any of that stuff. But we can pray and hope for the best. But anyways, uh, yeah, we'll have a preview pod out later this week. Be on the lookout for that. It's not a full slate. It's just the Saturday. It's Travel Partner Saturday Part 2, if you will. Yep. And uh, we'll have that coming your way later this week. But make sure to subscribe to the pod. UAO, the UMAC at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, gripes, anything like that. And then on Twitter as well, unlike any other, the UMAC or X, whatever you call it, Twitter X, I don't know. They both work. Just look us up. You'll find us on there. You can hit up our DMs if you have some information to pass along as well. Ryan, thank you as always. Enjoy the rest of your night. And for all the listeners out there, we'll catch you next time on the Unlike Any Other, the UMAC podcast.